0: Welcome, listeners, to the Vetfolio Podcast, Episode 3 of the Feline Diabetes Series, where we'll be exploring treatment and monitoring. This episode is sponsored by Behringer Ingelheim VetMedica, Inc., whose team continually works to provide value through innovation as the global leader in animal health and the makers of ProZinc, the only FDA-approved insulin indicated specifically for cats. Welcome to the Feline Diabetes Podcast Series. I'm Sarah Winogel, Small Animal Internist at Colorado State University. In this episode, we'll talk about the goals of therapy and the different treatment options that are available. We'll also talk about the challenges that may occur when trying to get your clients on board with treatment. That's because pet owners can easily and understandably become overwhelmed with the idea of any long-term treatment and what that means in terms of their time and finances. We'll address those issues in this podcast so you'll be prepared for the conversations you'll need to have with your clients. Let's get started with the goals of treatment and setting expectations. The primary goal of treating diabetic cats is to eliminate the clinical signs, so primarily the excessive thirst, hunger, and urination, and to avoid hypoglycemia, essentially achieve a nice, steady state of glycemic control. If we can achieve this nice, steady blood glucose level, then we'll avoid any of the nasty complications. Of course, in the case of pets who are obese when diagnosed, we'll also look to correct that weight in a healthy, controlled fashion. Clearly, we want to start treatment as soon as possible, but there's another reason to do this apart from the obvious desire to alleviate clinical signs as quickly as possible. Studies indicate that swift treatment is the best way to preserve pancreatic beta cell function. Since these are the cells that produce insulin, keeping these cells as active as possible is important. Why? Because data in humans indicate that individuals who retain beta cell function have better overall control of glucose levels, and so less dependence on insulin, less fluctuation, easier control, and hopefully fewer complications. So now that we've talked about the goals of therapy and what we're looking to achieve, we need to discuss the ways we treat diabetes using insulin, proper diet, and exercise. Let's start with insulin. For the majority of cats, insulin still remains the mainstay of treatment plans requiring twice-daily injections. Longer-acting insulins are the first choice for cats. The two currently used are protamine zinc insulin, with the trade name Prozinc, and Glargine, which is also known by its trade name Lantus. It may be worth mentioning that, of these two, only Prozinc is FDA-approved specifically for cats, and the American Animal Hospital Association recommended. The initial recommended dose range for Prozinc is 0.1 to 0.3 units per pound every 12 hours. So long as the CAT is stable, a recheck should be performed within 5 to 10 days of starting insulin therapy. At that time, a blood glucose curve could be considered to assess for control. However, assessment of control should always be correlated to clinical signs. If a curve is performed, the goal for the curve is to find the nadir, the lowest point of the curve between 80 and 150 mg per DL. If the nadir is higher than 150, increase each injection by 0.5 units. Conversely, if the nadir is lower than 80, decrease each injected dose by 0.5 units, or 50% of the insulin dose. Care should be taken to not escalate insulin doses too quickly, as this approach can lead to hypoglycemia and rebound hyperglycemia. Doses should not be increased more frequently than once every seven days and should be increased gradually by no more than 0.5 units per injection. If blood glucose curves cannot be performed, the initial recheck should be intended to discuss control of clinical signs and screen for signs of overcontrol with a spot blood glucose measurement and urinalysis to assess for glycotheria. Insulin doses should not be increased based on a single blood glucose measurement. But if hypoglycemia is documented, a dose reduction is immediately recommended. Another method of treatment and one that should be instituted for all diabetic pets is dietary management. Did you know that some studies say that up to 50% of diabetic cats were obese at the time of diagnosis? Studies have also shown that one of the causes of diabetes, insulin resistance, is directly related to feline obesity. Therefore, if needed, the veterinarian will prescribe a controlled weight loss plan and lifestyle modifications. For cats with diabetes, lifestyle changes such as an exercise plan and a special diet are often the first step in trying to regulate blood glucose levels. A low-carbohydrate, high-protein diet for cats may not only help to eliminate any excess body weight, but also may reduce spikes in blood glucose because it's more slowly digested, which is a key objective for diabetic cats. Ideally, diabetic cats should be free feeding. Time feeders can be especially useful in helping achieve this. In households where this isn't possible and pets can only be fed twice, it's especially important to ensure that owners wait until the pet has eaten before giving insulin. Okay, so now that we've discussed our treatment options, let's take a closer look at insulin. As I'm sure we've all experienced, insulin therapy is often the most intimidating aspect of treatment for owners. Before we even get to doses or routines or glucose curves, it's critically important that we educate owners on the basics of insulin therapy, like storage and prepping a dose. Obviously, if insulin isn't handled, administered, and stored properly, treatment won't be successful. So let's start with some basics of treatment. First point shake, rattle, or roll. How to mix insulin is always a popular subject. The two most popular insulins for cats. Prozinc and Glargine are slightly different in this respect. Prozinc is a suspension and should be gently rolled before preparing a dose. Glargine is a solution, so it does not need to be rolled. Either way, do not shake insulin bottles. Second point, storage is important. Keeping bottles refrigerated in an upright position at 36 to 46 degrees Fahrenheit is key. This way, they avoid freezing, excessive heat, and any exposure to direct sunlight, which can also damage the vial's contents. Last point, but very important, is syringe types. Because Prozinc is a veterinary-specific insulin, U40 syringes should be used. Other syringes may lead to incorrect dosing. Because Prozinc's concentration is 40 IU per mil, using the U40 syringe helps ensure correct dosing. If a patient is using Glargine, then they will have to use U100 syringes, which are human syringes. This is especially important when refilling prescriptions. During the first demonstrations to owners of newly diagnosed diabetic cats, it's really important to emphasize these key points about storage, handling, and administration, ensuring that each point is discussed and demonstrated. Remember, what's second nature for us is a brave new world for these pet parents. Most of them have never had to give an injection before in their lives. Be patient and gentle. If any pet parents want further instructions, you can direct them to www.prozinc.us where they can watch an educational video about administering an insulin injection to their cat. It might help to talk to them about how small an insulin needle really is and consequently how little a pet will feel it. The 31-gauge insulin needle is only 16% of the cross-sectional area of small 23-gauge needle that we use for vaccines, and less than 1% of the area of a microchip needle. This means the owner can give the dose without many pets batting an eyelid. This is the time where our expertise and demeanor can make a big difference. There's a definite value in offering a series of clinic-based tutorials with technician staff to help inexperienced or uncomfortable pet owners. You can use sterile water to demonstrate how to inject insulin, or ask pet owners to bring their cats in for an insulin shot after the cat has eaten. Remember, pet owners should be advised to keep insulin out of the reach of children, and an accidental injection may cause hypoglycemia. In the case of accidental injection, seek medical attention immediately. Exposure to ProZinc may also induce a local or systemic reaction in sensitized individuals. Once they have their routine down, Monitoring the cat at home will be one of the most important tasks a client will experience. The pressing concern for a cat undergoing insulin treatment is the development of hypoglycemia. Some cats on longer-acting insulin may not show overt signs of hypoglycemia until their blood glucose level is dangerously low. So home glucose testing with a blood glucose monitor is ideal. Why? Because doing so can reduce stress hyperglycemia. In either case, being able to recognize the clinical signs of hypoglycemia is imperative for pet owners. Be sure that they know the signs of disorientation, wobbliness, tremors, and seizures that can be associated with low blood sugar. In addition to blood glucose monitoring, home testing of urine can also be useful. However, it is important to keep in mind that excessive at-home monitoring can lead to effects on clients' quality of life and their bond with their cat. If this is occurring, use of urine monitoring or tools in hospital should be relied upon more heavily than home blood glucose monitoring. Whether or not a pet owner is able to monitor blood or urine values, use of a home care diary is always recommended. This can be a great compliance tool as well as a great source of clinical information at rechecks. And if there are multiple caregivers, it's a great way to avoid the classic I didn't know you'd given the insulin 2 situations. Recording the details of appetite, water intake, insulin dose, body weight, and general observations not only provides useful clinical data, but the routine and responsibility of tracking details helps owners feel like part of the clinical team. While home monitoring can be extremely useful, we also need to ensure that we're seeing the pet regularly at the clinic, especially during the adjustment phase. Weekly or twice-weekly blood glucose curves could be performed to adjust insulin dosing and to recognize hypoglycemic periods and possible remission. If glucose curves are unable to be performed, fructosamine testing is an excellent tool for checking the average blood glucose over the preceding 2-3 to week period and can be used as the primary monitoring tool. Remember, laboratory values should always be correlated to control of clinical signs. As you know, no two diabetic cats are the same. What works for one may not work for another. For some, lifestyle changes such as diet and exercise can help and may be the only treatment they need. Most cats, however, will require insulin therapy. While the treatment options differ, the goals of treatment remain the same. Reduce the clinical signs of diabetes, achieve a good quality of life, and minimize complications. As you might expect, this is often easier said than done. For some, glycemic control can be difficult to maintain. A cat may be doing well for weeks or even months and then suddenly develop clinical signs again. While this situation can become very frustrating for both you and the pet owner, it's important to understand and explain that treatment for diabetes is an ongoing process. Treatment may need to change over time as the cat ages or based on blood glucose profiles, test results, and the cat's individual response to therapy. Depending on the specific treatment you recommend, It's important to reassure your clients that they are more than capable of treating their cats. Once you get over the hurdles of discussing treatment options, you may still need to address costs. You might explain that the cost implications of not treating far outweigh potential treatment costs. As you've heard throughout this podcast, educating your clients about treatment options is one of the most important conversations you'll have in managing feline diabetes. Hopefully, this session will give you, as a provider, the tools you need to set realistic expectations for the long-term care of your patients. Before we leave, here is some important safety information for prosing. Prozinc is for use in cats only. Animals presenting with severe ketoacidosis, anorexia, lethargy, and or vomiting should be stabilized with short-acting insulin and appropriate supportive therapy until their condition is stabilized. As with all insulin products, careful patient monitoring for hypoglycemia, and hyperglycemia is essential to attain and maintain adequate glycemic control and to prevent associated complications. Overdosage can result in profound hypoglycemia and death. Please refer to the package insert for complete product information. Thank you for listening. To learn more about feeling diabetes, download the other episodes available in this series, including the basics, diagnosis, and diabetic remission. This has been the Feline Diabetes Treatment and Monitoring episode sponsored by Beringer Ingelheim VetMedica, Inc. Be sure to catch every episode in this series at vetfolio.com. Now, listeners, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for this episode.